Today, welcome to Partakers and our series, Wow Jesus, looking at the life of Jesus as told in the primary documents about him, the four Gospels of the New Testament. Today I want to talk about Jesus' ascension and the Spirit coming. Reading from Matthew chapter 28, verse 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Jesus' resurrection is the catalyst for the mission of the church, beginning with the disciples and throughout history. Jesus' mission to earth is coming to an end, and shortly he will be returning to the right hand of the Father, here in Matthew anyway. Before he does so, though he has some more words to say to his disciples. And throughout the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' authority is a major theme. Where Matthew records Jesus doing miracles, this is to highlight Jesus' authority in action and not just merely in words. Matthew records Jesus' authority to forgive sins, Matthew 9 verse 6. And he imparted authority to his disciples for a short time when they went on a mission in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus has authority, Matthew 28 verse 18, over all things, all people, all circumstances and happenings. Jesus has authority over all spiritual beings, whether angels or demons. Jesus has authority over all nations, governments and rulers. Jesus has authority over all earthly and spiritual authorities. Jesus has the authority. This means regardless of whatever the Christian disciple faces, Jesus Christ is in control. Therefore, as Christian disciples, we can obey him without fear of retribution from those who would seek to harm us. We can obey him regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. It's a great comfort to know that he is in control of everything. And through his death on the cross and his rising from the dead, Jesus has conquered all enemies. Now, people sometimes confuse authority with authoritarian. Authoritarian means severe, rigidity, and a dictator. None of these apply to Jesus. We have been given a free will, but as his disciples, we should choose to exercise our free will to obey him and live a life worthy of him. As the Christian depends on Jesus' authority, the Christian disciple gains wisdom, guidance, and power. And if Jesus had not risen from the dead, then the disciples would not have had a story to tell. But Jesus had indeed risen from the dead, and the early church exploded numerically as the twelve disciples exercised Jesus' authority and his power. And we read about the growth of the early church in the book of Acts. And Christianity is a faith whereby all Christian disciples are to tell others of the goodness of God. Indeed, God himself is a missionary God, for ever since Genesis 3 and the fall of man, God has been on a mission to bring and call people back to himself. That was the purpose of the nation of Israel, to be a light to all nations of the goodness and the glory of God. 
that was the purpose when God, who is outside of time and space, entered human history, taking on human flesh and restricting himself in a human body as the man we know as Jesus Christ. Jesus' whole mission was one of calling people back to life in God. As followers of Jesus Christ, all Christian disciples are to evangelize. Evangelism is showing and telling others of God's message of reconciliation to all people of all time. It is not forcing people to adopt church standards, 1 Corinthians 5 verse 12, and nor is it simply a message of join the church as a symbol of good works, Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10. But why evangelize? The prime motivation for evangelism is out of gratitude for what God has done in that we love because he loved us first. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. As his servants we are to tell and live of God's reconciling message. As I said before, we are all to do the work of an evangelist. 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 In these last words of Matthew's Gospel, all Christian disciples are to make disciples throughout the whole earth. And making disciples is not just evangelism, but ensuring that guidance and care is given to new Christian disciples. That's why Jesus says, teach them all these things that I have taught you. And how is this achieved? How can the Christian disciple exhibit Jesus' authority and power in evangelism and in life? Who gives the impetus for Christian disciples to evangelize and live? And that is all part of the role of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus said would come once he had ascended back to the right hand of God the Father. And the Holy Spirit is coming, Jesus said. This is in fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This is where all the almighty and all-powerful God will indwell those who follow him. And throughout his ministry, Jesus had talked about how after he had departed, that the Holy Spirit would come. For example, John 15, verse 26. And we know from other writings in the New Testament who the Holy Spirit is and what his ministry is. The Holy Spirit is spoken of as God, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. The attributes of God are ascribed to the, whole, to the Holy Spirit. Life, Romans 8, verse 2. Love, Romans 15, verse 30. And truth, John 16, verse 13. And the Holy Spirit is also a person and is always referred to as He in the New Testament. He relates to us as a person for He is a comforter, guide and teacher, John 14. He can be blasphemed against and be grieved, Ephesians 4 verse 30. And wherever the Holy Spirit is, the Father and the Son are also present because they are one, John 14 verse 18 to 23. So what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? And what does he have to do in interacting with Christian disciples? Firstly, he is to glorify Jesus. This is the Spirit's prime role, that he will glorify Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and make sure that Jesus is praised and glorified. John 16, verse 13 to 14. And he will testify for Jesus Christ. John 15, verse 26. And he will witness for Jesus Christ. Acts 1, 8. Then he's the paraclete, or the comforter, he is one called to stand alongside the Christian disciple, John 14, verse 16. Jesus said it would be better for Jesus himself to go away 
and for him to send the Holy Spirit to live within Christian disciples. John 16 verse 7. And the Holy Spirit ministers to us all that Jesus would be to us if he were here in person. Then the Holy Spirit declares God's word. The Holy Spirit has a prime role in revelation and illumination. It was he that spoke through the prophets. For example, Ezekiel 2 verse 2. And it was he who inspired the Bible, God's word. 2 Peter 1 verse 21. Further to this, the Holy Spirit interprets and illuminates God's word. John verse, John 16 and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 16. And then the Holy Spirit is also sent to convict the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. John 16 verse 8. And salvation. Christian disciples are born of the Holy Spirit and are known as regenerated. John 3 verse 3 to 8. And he indwells. God, this almighty, all-powerful, magnificent God, lives inside each Christian disciple through the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, a person cannot be a Christian disciple. Romans 8 verse 9, Galatians 2 verse 20, Colossians 1 verse 25 to 27. And the Holy Spirit indwelling the Christian disciple is assured proof of their Christian disciple being God's possession. possession. 2 Corinthians 1 22, Ephesians 1 verse 3. And the Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing the future redemption, salvation and inheritance of the Christian disciple. And there's a filling of the Holy Spirit. This speaks of the Holy Spirit's control or domination of the life of the Christian disciple. And the imperative here is that here is that we are to be filled, Ephesians 5 verse 18, and to go on being filled. And the Holy Spirit gives power to enable Christian disciples to evangelize, Acts 1 8. And the Holy Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Christ in the process of sanctification as we walk, live, and are led by the Spirit. And there's baptism in the Spirit. This expression occurs seven times in the New Testament. It occurs four times in the Gospels referring to Jesus baptizing with the Spirit and with fire. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 that we are all baptized with the Holy Spirit into one body. And lastly, the Holy Spirit equips Christian disciples for service. God is working in us and you to will and to act accordingly to his purpose. Philippians 2 verse 13, so that we and Christian, all Christian disciples are Jesus' witnesses, Acts 1.8. And how is the Spirit seen? The Spirit's work is in evidence where people's lives become more holy and more like Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 7. The Holy Spirit equips Christian disciples for service through the giving of spiritual gifts. Elsewhere on this website, this has been discussed. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. Read Matthew 28 verse 16 to 20. How does the authority of Jesus aid me in evangelism and living my life worthy of him? Question 2. Read John chapter 21. How am I carrying my cross for the sake of Jesus Christ? Question 3. How is the presence of the Holy Spirit 
transforming me into the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you.